All right, let's go hour number two on a Wednesday. Lots of stuff on the board today. They're uh, having some meetings in Florida, trying to figure out some stuff for the SEC, but they still haven't figured out next year's schedule. Uh, We've been talking about that. What Longhorn fans might want, what Aggie fans might want. Apparently LSU fans, there's some of them that do not want to play the Aggies every single year if it's the only game that's every single year. We've hit all that. NBA Finals start tomorrow night. Ron Holland making his choice to go G League Ignite and not play college basketball. And we talked about Shiloh Sanders following his dad and his brother out to Colorado. Plus, that American Gladiators 30 for 30. Yeah, it's not all fun and tennis ball cannons. It's a little more complex than that. Boy, if I could have had one of those tennis ball cannons at the house. Oh, man. Those were badass. God, I wanted yeah, one of those. Yeah, the props were dope. If you could have put that, installed it on my roof, and I could have just fired it around the neighborhood, that would have been the dream. Yeah. Just hitting random kids I didn't like. That would have been awesome. Yeah, it might have been very dangerous, but the props and stuff, very cool. Oh, it looked Very in- cool experience. The yeah. fireworks and all that. Yeah. I also wanted the big ball that you rolled around in. The big metal ball <laughs> atmosphere. Oh, my God. I wish I'd have had one of those. That was that looked so, so much fun. All right. We got a lot going on today, um, including uh, plenty of longhorn angles. Let's uh, get into a little more of it right now. It's Chad and Zay. I'm Chad Hastings. He is Isaiah Collier. And every Wednesday about this time, we talk to this guy on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline. He is Justin Wells, Inside Texas on 3.com. If you're on Twitter, at Justin Wells 2424. Justin, how are you? He hung up. He hung up? Yep. I don't know what Did happened. I not do the right intro? No, I, I mean, you heard all the... I heard it for a second. I don't second. know what was going on. You didn't even have to drop the phone. Yeah, I probably dropped the phone. Yeah. Let me call him back. It's all right. That's it. That's, it can get weird and crazy out there in East Texas, man. Just trying to fight the East Texas weather. The humidity hits you. Fingers get sticky. And you hit the wrong button. By the way, Longhorn fans, while we're getting him back on, three kick times have been announced now for Texas. We already know Alabama's a 6 o'clock. How about this? Make your plans for that rice weekend, September 2nd, 94 days from now, 2.30. The kickoff time for Texas. They'll throw that on Fox. The game against Wyoming is on Longhorn Network. That means it's a night game usually, and it does. 7 o'clock on that game on the 16th. And then on November 24th, Black Friday to end the regular season. It's it's good news, Texas fans, in a way. Well, you're in Austin, so it's not as bad that it's a night game. 6.30, the kick time on ABC against Texas Tech. So you don't have to do a super early game on Black Friday after your Thanksgiving celebrations. All right, let's see if we can hook back up with Justin. Justin, you with us? Oh, yeah, I'm here. I got dropped when I was hearing about some tennis ball cannon on somebody's (laughs) roof shooting people in the neighborhood um and then that's that's where i was lost i am so sorry yeah i was reminiscing about american gladiators and all the equipment i wish i had at the house from the american gladiators after watching that 30 for 30 last night man that was eye-opening stuff i learned more than i thought i would about american gladiators you know i caught a part of that I, i guess it was after one of the games last night Uh, I caught part of that. And, you know, as a kid growing up, you watched it because, I mean, hell, there wasn't anything else on. Yeah. You know, on a a weekend, uh, like at 10, 11, and 12. It's not like today where the kids have 2,000 channels and Internet, you know, iPhone, PlayStation 5. Like, we didn't have any of that. And so uh, American Gladiators is all we had. And it was always fun to watch. I never really got too much into it. 
Uh, I know they tried to monetize that thing as much as possible, but I caught a call, I caught a little bit of that thirty for thirty. It was pretty interesting, uh, you know. Sadly enough, they only had a few of the guys on the doc in the documentary, and I, I, think, I think it was missing quite a few of the more important characters. Yeah, it definitely was. Yeah, I le- again, I learned a lot. I'm going to watch part two tonight and see what see what else is there. Um, Justin, speaking of part two, um, the Longhorn baseball team hopes they get to part two of the NCAA tournament, which would be super regionals, but to do it, they're going to have to go through somebody else's region. What do you make of kind of what, what, what's been placed in front of them here, having to go to Coral Gables? You know, going down to Coral Gables is going to be fun. <clears throat> you know, they, they, they do baseball big down there in Miami uh, for, for, for the University of, of, of the U. And I think, you know, we were talking about possibly hosting a regional uh, before the Big 12 tournament, but when you go two and barbecue, uh, it's really tough to <laughs> to stake a claim to hold a regional. Yeah, I honestly thought that they were going to wind up in Arkansas at the Fayetteville, one, but they just decided to send them to Miami. <clears throat> I think it's interesting because I believe my, Texas and Miami are the one and number two in all-time college baseball, college World Series appearances. And, um, and so that's a nice little you know caveat. And I believe Miami beat Texas in 1985 to win the national championship, to win the College World Series. And so, you know, that's always a good little mixture there. I think you have two a lot, uh, really good fan bases when it comes to, to, to baseball. That being said, Miami is, is tough. That region is tough. Um, they're going to have to come out, get in a good bracket, and, and, and hope for the best. Um, but, you know, that's, this is, a, you know, all year we talked about them being a rebuilding team, a rebuilding program, and yet they still, you know, uh, you know, had a share of the Big 12 championship, still playing relatively well, take, take out the last two games of the Big 12 tournament. And so it's going to be fun. I, you know, if you're, a, if you're a Texas player, it's not a bad thing to have a, a trip to Miami for the weekend. That's not a bad thing at all. Now, granted, you know, Chad and I, we talk about humidity a lot. It's going to be another level <laughs> down there. But, but you're talking about two of the most storied programs in college baseball history, and I think that in, in and of itself is actually a pretty cool uh, little schedule. Yeah. Jay Wells, now that Memorial Day is over, these guys are back on campus, the football team, Coach Steve Sarkeesian, hire of, uh, excuse me, hire of Paul Chris, the old Wisconsin coach, Joe D. Camillus, and Payam Sadat. Now, you know, it's about to get real. With the guys coming back, what is y'all schedule like, and what do you think about these new hires that Steve Sarkeesian put on the coaching staff as analysts? Well, for us, our schedule doesn't really change. Um, it, you know, once June 1st hits, that's recruiting season, satellite camp season, official visit season. The month of June is going, it, it's the month of recruiting. And I, I think that's the new, um, I think that's the way we, we, we kind of look at it now. Um, but from these hires, you know, basically it feels like Sark took a, a major page out of the Nick Saban coaching playbook. And, you know, Saban was notorious for bringing in cast-off coaches, head coaches, offensive coordinators, Guys that could really still that knew, knew their stuff could contribute, had lots of experience, skins on the wall, and could you know always look for like two or three more wins. If I'm Sark, I'm I know I got about eight or nine in my pocket. I'm looking for two or three more to really make this season pop, to really make 2023 special. And doing that, you bring in a Paul Chris, where he likes to do a little bit of that inside outside zone. So him and Kyle Flood can talk, and when Kyle Flood puts out his game plan. He can go to Chris and go, okay, what is the defense going to do and what's going to be my counteractive when they do it? 
what what, what is it what, what's going to be the you know how can i adjust when another team is going to adjust to us and to me i think those conversations are invaluable and then you got joe d camillo it's one of the best special teams coaches in the country could be still coaching in the nfl this guy's got super bowl rings listen nobody loves special teams more than jeff banks nobody he has convinced every football player on campus at the University of Texas that there are three phases to the game, okay? And that that is a very important one. Deacon Millis is going to be a guy that's going to be able to come in there and help him in any facet. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if you saw a trick play sometime in mid-October or you saw you know something, a wrinkle, something different in early November. That's what these guys can offer. That's what these guys can do. They can, they can come into this room – you know, find their role, find their niche, and just help out. And at the same time, possibly put themselves in a position for another coaching job down the road. That's the same thing Steve Sarkeesian had to go through. I like that page out of Nick Saban's playbook. I think it, it, it shows how unselfish and how uh, secure you can be in your job. And, and, and just essentially, let's find two or three more wins. I think they feel like they feel good about eight or nine. But if you can find two or three more then 2023 is really special. That's a Big 12 championship appearance. That's a potential in a college football playoff conversation. Bring those guys in. See if you can find a few more wins. I think it's huge, and I like that Sark is doing a little bit of what Saban started. Yeah, a little offense, a little defense, a little special teams. Feel like he got it all covered with, uh, with those three guys. Talking with Justin Wells of Inside Texas. Justin, the other conversation seems to be going on right now is happening in Florida where Texas and Oklahoma folks are there with SEC folks. They don't have a vote, but they are able to shake some hands and start learning things. Have you heard anything about scheduling this week? It seems to be the big topic. Have you heard any discussions of anything concrete about 2024 and what the Longhorns may be looking at? No. There's nothing concrete. <laughs> There's nothing. They're still pouring the slab on this conference, man. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing settled. <laughs> if anything, I think the SEC wants to hang on to that cupcake game, yeah, which I believe keeps them at an eight-game um, conference schedule, and that night they get that cupcake game. If you're joining the SEC – you should be joining the bakery. And that means in late November, when you you got some guys that need to get healthy, you got some guys that, that need some, you know, that are coming off, you know, coming off, you know, slumps, got guys, you got some guys that are, are trying to get in the mix on the depth chart. You need that cupcake in mid-November to kind of get, you know, get, get everything together, get your house in order. And so if you're going to be playing the SEC, I think that's the style of it. From a scheduling standpoint, I think it is the funniest thing in all of college football. Because you can literally join a conference in 2012 and play the best team in that conference one time <laughs> in 12 years. Yeah. 12 years. Uh-huh. You can play them one time. There is nothing like SEC scheduling. It is the creme de la creme. <laughs> and if you think there's anything concrete coming out of that place, think again. Because they are going to maximize that conference. And if that means they get that extra cupcake, they will. If that means they don't have to play one of the better teams against each other in the SEC, they'll make sure they don't do that as well. This conference is known for setting themselves up for for success. There's nothing concrete coming out of that thing. They're still building. They're still they're still pulling the slab on this thing. Uh huh. You're right. So Jay Wells, if it is the eight game with one rivalry, as a Texas fan, you would want that to be OU over A and M or vice versa. No, Oklahoma. That's the rivalry. 
Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's your rival. Oklahoma's a rivalry. Texas has rivalries with 30 schools in the country. <laughs> yeah. But OU is the rivalry. That's the one. I mean, Texas A&M is a rival. Texas Tech's a rival. Baylor's a rival. TCU's a rival. Basically, everybody they play on their schedule treats themselves like a rival. But there's only one, and that's Oklahoma. That game will never change. <laughs> I guarantee you and there, there, there's something in the writing of those contracts that when Texas and Oklahoma join the SEC, they're still going to meet in mid-October in Dallas on a Saturday. That's not going to change, considering it's one of the best sporting events in all of sports. Mm-hmm. I agree. Jay Wells, Ron Holland, just talked or just committed to, I don't even know if it's a commitment since you're going pro, but he's going <laughs> to the G League Ignite. Not a surprise at all once he decommitted from Texas. You heard the Arkansas rumors, but when that money's getting thrown around for a player like Ron Holland, you got to take advantage, and he definitely is. Yeah, I mean, if you want to cash out early, that's exactly what he's doing. Um, you hope that you know everything goes well because he'll only be in the G League for one year. And then he'll, you know, hopefully, you know, put himself in position to be a lottery pick in the 2024 draft. It would be, uh, it would be really odd if he wasn't. Um, and I don't, I don't think he's going to lose that, st- that stature or that, or that standing. He decided, hey, go to the bigger dollar, and, and that's what the G League can offer sometimes. Um, it sucks for Texas fans because they, they really missed out on a, a once-in-a-decade top talent. This is a kid that can score on all three levels. And he's, he's, just got, he, he's just got so much offensive game um, to, to, to his repertoire, he, he's such a good player. And he's a good kid, too. Don't get me wrong. I've got to watch him over the last three or four years, and, and he is just a fantastic kid. I wish him nothing but the best. I wish we were watching him at Moody in the Moody Center in, in November because he's an exciting player. But, you know, you got to do what's best for you. And, and at the end of the day, if that means going to the highest bidder, then that means going to the highest bidder. Personally, I think he has more fun on a college campus. Because the G League games are going to be seen by a bunch of nobody. And he would have actually played in the Big 12, which with Houston joining just made it a super conference in basketball. He would have played in front of just 50,000, 60,000 fans at some point in some places that could, could, could seat that potential run in the NCAA tournament. I think he would have had more fun. And he's still a kid, he's 18. And so, obviously, I think the fun factor, he's missing out on that. But if that means you, 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 took, you took more to, to get to this point and you go to the highest bidder, that's where the game is going, guys. That's where college athletics is going, especially basketball. And so, it's like I said, it's sad for Texas fans because Holland would have been a lot of fun, and I think Holland would have had so much fun on the college campus. To play in front of people would have been great. You know, the G League, I, I, I'm not real sure – if people even attend those games, I know they're streamed on like a uh, an AM an AM service. But but hey, he got the highest bidder, and and if it's about collecting that check and building your your brand to get ready for the NBA in twelve months, we gotta we gotta tip our cap and wish him the best. That is one thing we would have been able to confirm for Ron Holland. Play at Texas, people will show up. Oh, yeah. We know that. People show up to the Moody Center to watch him play basketball. Justin Wells, Inside Texas, on3.com. Check out uh, him on Twitter, at JustinWells2424. Justin, we always appreciate the time, brother. Have a great week, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.
Nothing but love, guys. Thanks, Jay Wells. Good stuff there and some good, honest thoughts on where things are in the SEC. Nothing concrete yet, and uh, he's not expecting it. Sounds sounds like Justin already knowing his way around the uh, way the SEC operates. All right, we'll continue to have that conversation. Interesting stuff there about where the SEC may end up schedule-wise and where Texas may end up in terms of uh, rivalry games. How many have to happen every year? Is it one? Is it three? Those seem to be the two options there looking at right now yeah i know a lot of old heads probably don't agree with jay wells about texas and them not being that rival especially with people who know other aggies and work with them and stuff like it was such cool water cooler talk you know just having a and them especially the people that you work with down here i don't think you work with people from oklahoma as much so that's a little different for the fans, but I will agree, OU, it has to be them, yeah, no it, matter what. Right, it's not that A&M is not a rival, it's just not the rival. It is not the absolute be-all, end-all game of the year for Texas. It's Oklahoma. If you've ever, I would have told people back in the day, go to each game and you tell me. It's easy to f- figure it out. Go to the game at the Cotton Bowl. And then go to the game wherever it was, home and home, College Station or Austin. And you tell me which one matters more to Texas fans. It's pretty obvious. Yeah. So that would be the one, but then you would basically be putting Texas and Texas A&M back in a conference together as the third party, the SEC, and not making them play every year. That just seems weird. It just seems like a strange thing. Yeah. But, but deep down, it could be what some would want is that I still don't know the answer is that what A&M's brass would actually want is that what Texas's brass would actually want look let us play OU the rest of it can be rotated we will deal with it or are the Longhorns walking in telling the SEC man if you could at all figure this out we would love to play the Sooners and Aggies every year and maybe A&M is now turned around and and is telling the SEC the same thing hey man don't bring them into the conference and not let us play them every year because then it's going to look like we don't want to play them yeah. We don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know how those conversations are going right now. Someone who was at the Cotton Bowl for the first time this past October, that game's different. The experience yeah. is different. Like my wife, who isn't the biggest football fan out there, the way that she enjoyed herself, that's how I knew it was a special time. Yeah. And maybe the 49 0 had a lot to do with that, but still. It did make it extra special it, it for you, I bet. Yeah. It definitely yeah. helped a little bit. No. But yeah, that's a different game. Just. The aura that it has can't beat it. Yeah, the and A&M doesn't beat that. The SEC does a lot of weird things, but taking the proverbial like college football gun and pointing it at their own foot and just unloading it, that's not what they normally do. So they already have all these cool rivalry games, including the only game that can compete with Texas OU when it comes to uniqueness, the cocktail party. So now they could have the cocktail party and Texas OU under their umbrella? There's no way they're going to turn from that. They still haven't figured out where to play that. Is it the Jacksonville Stadium? Right. They're gonna, redone. They're going to go Jacksonville through 2025, but past that for those. I think it's two years they'd have to mess with it. 26 and 27, they haven't figured it out yet. Oh, okay, I got a while. They haven't figured it out yet, but they've gone home and home before. I think for two years they should go home and home and just let it let it happen. I'd be good with that. Dude, let it happen. One at the Swamp and one at Athens, let's go. Yeah, both of those stadiums are legendary. <laughs> oh, my God. That'd be incredible. Uh, it happened in the mid-'90s, and it may happen again. All right, coming up, we'll get you a quick Flex segment. Wednesday night, Flex. They have some good guests coming tonight. Plus, if you're uh, into basketball but you can't wait for tomorrow night, a documentary hits tonight about a big-time NBA team that didn't quite get to the finish line. 
Chad and Zay. you be right now um what's the song what's the title long train running long train running oh i may be about to disappoint disappoint a fan base here doobie brothers there we go there it is come on all right i feel like i've missed that one over the years so maybe that's why i redeem myself all right doobie brothers bob marley and donnie iris uh, a lot of stuff going on today Scheduling discussions in the SEC and other stuff. Zay, this might be my favorite text of the day. Get ready. I agree with everything this text says. We just need to remove one word. It says, I'm 45 years old and think A&M and OU are about equals as far as rivals go. Playing OU at the Cotton Bowl with the State Fair and the stadium half and half makes it seem bigger, in my opinion. Yeah. Just take the word seem out. That's exactly what makes it bigger. Yeah. You just laid out the ingredients. You're playing Oklahoma. You're playing them there. You split the stadium, the state fair. It creates an environment that's unlike anything, really anything else, and only the cocktail party's close. That's it. You explained it perfectly. Yeah, playing and them in Bastrop, Texas doesn't really seem ideal to me. No festival, no nothing, no carnival even. How dare you? Uh, not, that'd be rough. They do not play in Bastrop. I'm just I'm if it was a neutral site, where would it be? What's in between Austin and College Station? Caldwell High. <laughs> <laughs> oh old dime box, do they do they, do they have a stadium? <laughs> no, Zay, that's the beauty of that particular rivalry is you don't need to worry about anything in terms of a third place or a, you know a neutral because you're just 100 miles apart. Yeah. You're basically an hour and a half going one to the other and each provides this awesome home field atmosphere. Yeah. Its own unique thing. And you're over 100,000 in both places, only state in the country. I keep telling everybody. It's the only state in the country that has that. For some reason I turned into Trump there. Did you hear that? That was really weird. I did not. I tell everybody, I tell everybody it's over 100,000 in both both places. But it's the only state that can claim it, and it's an awesome environment in both places, especially for that game. Especially for that game. It's the fan base, because here's where we can take the Oklahoma thing out of it, because y'all never play Oklahoma at home. The Aggies are the one fan base you can play at home that gets you fired up the most. Right. And A&M is the same thing. It's, Texas is the same for the Aggies. Yo, as much That's as I, why it's special as a home-and-home. Home. You're right. As much as I hate A&M, Cobb Field's beautiful. That's a beautiful stadium. And it's very different than the last time Texas was there. Yeah. It's a very different thing. They've redone things, whatever you want to do. House that Johnny built, house that SEC built, whatever. It's very different. goes all the way around, and they're up over 100,000. Texas has obviously added a lot of things, and they've closed in the end. So both have turned into like these bull rings of 100,000 fans ready to go crazy. Yeah. Let's do it, and let's do it every year. Um, by the way, I also read this comment, Zay, from, the, from last year about this time. Uh, I think it was Ross Bjork of A&M made a comment about he was told, I think, back then, that the first game between the two might be in College Station whenever it was going to happen, 
Would you be okay with that as a Texas fan, or would that be like a point of contention for you? You want things to start back in Austin. I mean, if it made sense, fine. I just want to play the game, and it'll start. It has to start somewhere. I know the last one was at Kyle Field when Case McCoy and True. Justin Tucker hit the kick, but yeah, that's not a big deal to me. Because to me, if you're going to just keep the pattern going, you would just start in Austin because that was always even years. And you, like you said, the last one was in College Station. The reason you'd put it in College Station, though, would be a little bit of a little bit of caveat. Give give the Aggies something. What do you mean? Because hang on, because you are already telling you're taking so much control away from them here. Deep down, if A and M would want to be in the SEC without Texas, you're telling them, "Sorry, that can't happen. We want Texas." You're going to have to play them every single year again. Then maybe at the end of all that, would you say, okay, how about this? We'll let you play in College Station the first time. Just to give something. No, hell no. That ain't the reason. Okay. No. All right. With that good-ass recruiting class that y'all had this past (laughs) year, even though everybody's high out of their mind, they're still really good recruiting classes. No. Man up, Jimbo, and come ready to play, whether it's – DKR, Kyle Field, come ready to play. They I ain't do, trying to hear that. They ought to do that as like a – just do a weird like a coin toss or something. Do a weird coin flip. Televised coin flip or something. Raise some money, both sides of it, and then just do a coin flip for who gets it. Billy Bob Thornton style? <laughs> there you ain't go. Ain't no such thing as luck. Exactly. Exactly. Just flip that coin, baby. All right, let's get you the flex segment. We got Wednesday night flex tonight, and they've got some good guests coming up. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. All right, check the guys out tonight. Wednesday night flex at 7. They're going to have a couple, uh, actually three guests to be fair. Uh, Joseph Rawls, new head coach at LBJ. Talk hey, about, Joseph. Talk about shoes to fill. For real. Man, uh, and the, that, but that team's got a lot of talent coming back. So Coach Rawls will be on the show with them. And a couple of guys, speaking of coming back, a couple of the talented players at Vandergriff that will be back this year. One offense, one defense. Miles Coleman, the talented wide receiver, will join the fellas. And... The tackle machine, Alex Foster. Guaranteed he has 11 tackles tonight during Wednesday Night Flex. Because that's what he does. I thought Alex Foster was gone. No. He's coming back. He's class of 24. Wow, that's impressive. He's another one of those guys I kept for you know, that list where Leonard Moore at Round Rock and yeah. some of these other dudes. I'm like, wait, he's not gone? I thought he was late. No, he's back. One more year. Yeah, that's a good core, man. Leader on defense and then Foster and then leader on offense and Coleman, both of those guys. You're going to expect to see those offers come more and more as the year goes on. Yeah, no doubt about it. That'll be a good show tonight at 7. Then, of course, at 8 o'clock, Longhorn Blitz podcast, fight night at 9, and sports guys talking wrestling at 10. Also on the text line, I have heard from one of our Taylor fans and Zay, the Ducks still alive in the baseball playoffs, and they're playing tonight at Seven o'clock. I'm trying to get verification of um, where this game is, but he says they're playing tonight. I'm trying to verify if it's actually in Taylor or where it is. They're playing China Springs. Let's go, Taylor. Seven o'clock tonight. Go Ducks on that one. Westlake is taking on San Antonio Johnson. That Johnson team has taken out Lake Travis and your Bowie Bulldogs. So they're trying to be the official district champs if they can take Westlake out as well. Yeah, they're trying to run through 26-6A. Man. Man, I, I know I give the Shafts a lot of crap, but 
That's a really good team, and they're going to be very hard to take down. Let's see if Johnson can do that tonight. Uh, yeah, and they get that. I'm not sure when that one gets started. That one may be one uh, that they get going on a Thursday or Friday. Have not seen when that one starts. And then Rouse is still in it. They play Bernie Champion at the 5A level. So best of luck to all of those teams. Uh, we do the flex segment every day at about one. 30. So, Zay, tomorrow night is NBA Finals. You and I have both picked Denver fairly easily. Denver in five, I think, was our both of our picks. We'll see if that changes by tomorrow. But for people that have a little bit of a basketball fix that they need to, or, you know, itch they need to scratch, got a little something coming up tonight. Was this our man CB that let us know about it? Yeah, shout out to CB. He's always holding it down for us, making our job a lot easier. He sent you and I tonight's special about the 2001 Philadelphia 76ers. It's called Everything But the Chip. Mm. Yep. It's, it's on NBA TV? NBA TV. Okay. NBA TV. 8 o'clock Eastern, so 7 o'clock for us. Okay. Man, that 01 team, it was special. And, you know, everybody knows the Lakers won, went three-peat in 2000 to 2002, and that's who they ran into in the finals. But Allen Iverson, what he did that year – he showed why he should have been a number one pick in 1996, coming out of Georgetown, playing for Coach Thompson. Like, now, did he get the MVP yes, that year? He was MVP okay. that season. He right. was ridiculous, and no one could stay in front of him. Iconic crossover, also put Reebok on the map, and just mm. the swagger. He was kind of the first one that we saw. You know, there was Rodman with the tattoos, but you know, people were calling Rodman a woman. So it was a lot different. And also, correct me if I'm wrong, how many guys were going with the cornrows back then? Nobody, really. Okay. Maybe a couple of guys, but not that fly at that level. Because he kind of made that look badass before anybody else did. Everybody was rocking number three. Everybody wanted braids. I remember going to CeCe and saying, yo, you think I could grow my stuff out? He was like, hell no, boy. Ain't no way you growing that out. And I was like, but I think mama could do hair. She, mama was like, no, I won't. You ain't dealing with that. There's a lot of work that goes in the braids. Mama's like, I do not have five hours Yo, to do what is needed. There's a lot of work that goes in yeah. the braids. Like, you remember Alan Iris's mama braiding his hair on the bench one time? Like, it's, a lot goes into it. So, at, yeah, that 0-1 team, it was special. In that first round, they beat the Pacers 3-1. The second round, I remember that iconic series against the Raptors that went seven games. Then they went seven games. Uh, with the Milwaukee Bucks, Glenn Big Dog Robinson, Ray oh, Allen, wow. and Sam Cassell. So, yeah, yeah I, that team, it was just Iverson and a bunch of other guys. Like, yeah, Dikembe Mutombo was on that team, but Shaq made him look like a chump in that finals. That was a bad matchup. Was Eric Snow on that team? Eric Snow was a lockdown defender. And yeah. who's the other guy? On th- Mc- Aaron McKee. McKee. Sixth man you. of the yep. year. Aaron yeah, McKee. from Temple uh, yeah, uh, Temple yeah. College. He was nice with it. Could really uh, put the ball on the deck and create when Allen Iverson didn't have the ball in his hands. They just didn't have any, like, forwards. You know, like, Tony Kukoc was on the bench. George Lynch, you know, remember him? Tony of, Kukoc was on that team? Yeah, he was on team zero clock. They gave him no clock. I did not realize. Yeah, that. Larry Brown should have given him a little bit of tick. Come I mean, on, Larry. Come on. I mean, he has a little <laughs> bit of championship DNA. I think he would have helped a tiny bit. You remember Matt Geiger? Oh my God, I forgot about Matt Geiger. Yeah, yikes. Uh, the fact that they made it to the finals, incredible. Because yeah. I would have taken those Bucks teams. Big Dog Robinson, dealing yeah. with him with the high socks. He was a load. Yeah. Sam Cassell, Ray Allen. That team was good. Even them getting past the uh, Toronto Raptors in the second round was tough because Vince Carter, he was dominating. And, Chad, I don't think you remember, 
Vince Carter, Game 7, he graduated from North Carolina that day. So he went to the graduation oh, wow. Forgot and then about came that. back to play in that Game 7. And a lot of Raptors fans still give him a lot of heat for that. Like, what were you doing, bro? I'd forgotten come about on, that. dog. Like, come on. You could get that diploma anytime. Yeah. Like, Dean Smith is not going to look down on you for not getting that diploma, Vince. You don't have to. Come on now. He could have That's a to, bad move. Couldn't he have gone to the next ceremony and walked if, if he really wanted to? I would have lost my mind if that was my team. <sighs> yeah, it's tough. Like, you're our best player. It's we tough. just got rid of T Mac for no reason. T-Mac, who was first-team All-NBA that same year, yep. just, y'all could have been the next Pippen and Jordan. Well, not really, but something like that. And instead, y'all just get rid of T-Mac because him and Vince are cousins and you didn't think it would work. Bad move there. Then you telling me our best player wants to get his damn diploma when he's already a millionaire in the mm. league? Yeah, that's not good. Bad move, Vince. So, yeah, I'll check it out tonight. I will, uh, too. It's a weird when they have documentaries on teams that don't win it. I always think that's odd, but... Allen Iverson was that special. Sometimes, right. Sometimes the team needs it. They did that big 30 for 30 on the Bills run with Jim Kelly, and they didn't ultimately win the Super Bowl, but they're still an amazing team. Yeah. It's an incredible story to tell. That's a little different because they got to the top best game four different times and lost all four. That's true. Um, But I think it's because of just the fact fact that Allen Iverson was that good and got that team all the way to the finals and won a game. The step-over game against Tyron Lue, yeah. like that was even surprising to a lot of people. A lot of people thought that was a sweep, and it was the gentleman sweep at five. But still, to, to do what they did, that'll be fun to check out. Tonight on NBA TV at 7 o'clock, the documentary on the 016ers. All right, coming up at 2.05, we'll check in in Destin, Florida, with Anwar Richardson of Orange Bloods. What are they talking about other than scheduling at the SEC meetings, or is that the whole thing? Up next, it's where we at in society. We'll see what Zay wants to get into. We hope you are having a great Wednesday. A lot of good texts coming in, 337-3776. If you want to throw us something on the Specs text line, This is The Horn. Chad and Zay. Rolling through a Wednesday, almost to your 2 o'clock hour. We got a little bit left here. We got where we at in uh, society coming right up with Zay. But we end up end up the hour with this one. Oh, man. This is one I'm always – I've always end up screwing in this up. Um, it's not the Carpenters. Nope. It's um, – You're it in a, the right ballpark. It's a band name or yeah. an individual? Band name. Um, it's, uh, I don't know. It's like the spiral staircase. What? Spiral staircase. Spiral staircase. No, we just played them. I feel like, yeah, you did play this one and I missed it then too. Was it this one? Staircase. You played some spiral staircase. I I think it was this one. I, I just did not know much about that band. I've heard it. I just didn't know. Spiral staircase, Doobie brothers, Bob Marley and Donnie Iris on the show today. And uh, got a lot of good texts coming in. Thanks to the texters for clearing up some things on uh, the baseball playoffs. So Westlake tomorrow night at 7 over here at Westlake. Game 1 against San Antonio Johnson. And the Taylor fan is telling me 
or a Taylor fan is telling me tonight at seven, and they're up at Baylor Ballpark. Okay. The Ducks. So the green should be. Yeah, pleasant. yeah, the green and yellow. That should help them, right? The color scheme should fit for them. Absolutely. Uh, so best of luck to uh, to the area teams. Westlake, Taylor, and Rouse still in it in the baseball playoffs. Uh, coming up at 2.05, we'll check in in Destin, Florida. Anwar Richardson is there covering things for uh, orangebloods.com, Texas Folk. Still, uh, you know, not officially a part of the SEC, but they're starting the conversations and relationships and all that. The question is, can the SEC figure out what it wants to do with the schedules by the end of the week? We'll see what Anwar is hearing out there. Yo, whoever on the Specs text line said A&M and Texas should play at the Bastrop Buckies, you own the something. <laughs> you own the something. It is a big parking lot. That's a big-ass parking lot. Let's... Make a little stadium there. Well, obviously a bigger stadium, but you can get... Things at Bucky's that you can also get at the state fair. Uh, I tell you what, everybody can utilize the Bass Drop Bucky's if they're going one way or the other. Let's leave that one home and home. I mean, as somebody who's been to that game in both places, I think we should leave that one in Austin and in College Station. I'm just trying to make everybody happy. Okay. How about this? State fair. We know it's two weeks in a row. One week, OU. Next week, and them y'all come to Dallas too. We can spank that ass there. You really want to go through all that two <laughs> weeks in a row? You want to go through that emotional dump two weeks in a row? Come on, dude. That's too much. That's that's, that's too much. That give me that give me heartburn. Yeah, that's a lot to deal with. All right, um, let's get into a little where we at in society. See what Zay wants to talk about. Where are we at in society today? All right, Zay, what do you got? You've been sending me some very provocative things on uh, Twitter lately. Yeah, this is just classic hating at its finest. Shout out to the Specs texter that reminded me of this story since we had a three-day weekend with Memorial Day off on Monday. Mm -hmm. I forgot about this story. No tipping, pimping is back, hating on his greatest teammate, Michael Jordan, once again. Oh, that's why somebody texted, I need your thoughts on Pippin, Zay. Yeah. I thought, what do you mean, out of nowhere? Okay, yeah, out of nowhere. Story. Let's yeah, hear listen it. to the audio. Pippin's wilding once again. Oh, here we go. LeBron will be the physical guy to ever play the game of basketball. And there's no comparison to him. None. So, does that make him the greatest player to ever play the game? I'll leave that out for debating because I don't believe that there's a great player because our game is a team game and one player can't do it. Like, I've seen Michael <laughs> Jordan play before I came to play with the Bulls. You guys seen him play. He's a horrible player. He was horrible <laughs> to play with. He was all one on one. He's shooting bad shots. And all of a sudden, we become a team and we start winning. Everybody forgot who he was. Everybody forgot who he was. He was a player that really winning wasn't at the top of his category. It was scoring. He was going after scoring titles. <laughs> Zay, <laughs> Zay how, long, how long was that piece of sound? Uh, I had to chop it up because Scotty paused like for five seconds when he was talking. So okay. that was probably about a minute. The OG version, probably about a minute 30. I don't know if I've ever heard a minute of sound or I've heard as many things that I disagree with at the same time. Like there's about 15 things he just said that are wrong. That's crazy. What prescription meds is he mixing with tainted pot that he's mixing with bad cocaine is getting him to say that out loud. The hell is he talking about? Look, we've never been in the situation where our teammate's son 
has been with their ex-wife, like Scotty. So there's a different pettiness I think Scotty is dealing with that isn't keeping, mm, what's the word, logical basketball things there because of the hatred and the pettiness that he has off the court. So what he's saying here, like the LeBron James being – you know, the best statistical player ever. See, I, I'm, I agree with that. See, I heard the, uh, it kind of cut off there. I thought he said physical player. He said statistical? Yes. Oh, okay, he was talking about stats. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. yeah, I agree with that, but what Jordan did in those 12 years will never be duplicated ever again. Did he say Michael Jordan was a horrible player? It's horrible player. Career. Horrible? Rookie of the year, 1985. Just trash. Horrible. Just trash. Yeah, when Scotty got there, everything changed. Phil Jackson, that don't mean nothing. Because when Doug Collins was there, it was different. Jordan was still scoring 38 a game. And then he asked the question, does that make LeBron the greatest player ever? And then he says, I'll let y'all decide that. I don't believe there's a greatest player ever. Because there's a, it's a team game, Chad. Oh, I see, because it's, it's a, team a team game. God, he really is digging in on this. This It really does prove his ultimate status as a number two guy, the, the, the Robin to the Batman or the Batman to the Superman. But he cannot embrace it. He can't fully embrace what he is. I don't know if you could say he's the greatest number two ever because Shaq and Kobe played with one another. Sure. And Magic and Kareem played with each other. Yeah. But he's right there. Sure. And you and I talk about all the time, there were moments during Scotty's career where you would think, man, this guy the second best player yeah. in the association. Yes. Especially in 94 when they didn't have Jordan, and I think he was third in MVP voted. Yeah. So... He does get slighted on what he meant to those Bulls teams. I think Jordan gets a lot of credit that Scotty should that Scotty deserves. I don't know if he gets slighted though. I mean, when I think of that run, Michael had incredible numbers before, and then Scotty got there and they went on the. I don't know. I mean, I think he gets the proper credit. Well, from people like you and I, yes, I would hope from basketball heads. You can say Michael Jordan's the greatest player you've ever seen in your life, but you can also say that Michael doesn't end up with six rings if he doesn't have Scotty. I think a lot of people will argue that. I mean, I'm not saying he ends up with a joke. I'm not saying he ends up with none. Yeah, uh-huh. but does he have six rings, and does it look the same if he doesn't have Scotty? I think we could argue just off of what the guys you just mentioned. Would Shaq have done all he did without Kobe? Would Kareem have been able to have the career with the Lakers if he doesn't have Magic? Would, insert name, whatever, Kobe without whoever it was in the second run, maybe it's Powell or whoever in the second run in L.A., those, those duos matter. And I think Pippen does get the credit. It's just he almost doesn't know how to live with it. What's crazy is if you see, like, Last Dance promos still to this day, it's a picture of Jordan and Pippen. A lot of the time. Right. Like, he's on, like, the cover of The Last Day. If you go watch it on Netflix, it'll pop up a lot of the time. Jordan and Pippen giving each other hot fives when they were teammates. So, it's it's really sad. Like, I love a good petty story. I love just straight-up ignorance. But this has become depressing. And the off-the-court stuff, that's a joke. If I'm Michael Jordan, I'm letting my son know, no, you're not dating this girl. I know you're a grown-ass man now. What me and Scotty went through was war. I've been on double dates with him and Larsa and my woman, probably your mama. Don't do this. There's a lot more fish in the sea. Please don't do this. And he did it, obviously. 
Scotty's hurt from that. Scotty's hurt for the way that he was portrayed in The Last Dance, which I don't think he got enough airtime. And it was bad when they talked about him quitting on the team in 98 because he wasn't getting that contract mm-hmm. that he thought he deserved. So, you know, he had right. an injury where he could have gotten taken care of in the offseason, and instead he did it during the season. Right. You know, and that made him look bad. Plus, there's a whole bunch of Scottie Pippen stories out there. The migraine, him, you know, Phil Jackson calling the play for Tony Kukoc, and Scotty not wanting to come back in the game. Mm-hmm. Like, all that is talked about a lot and not him being arguably the greatest number two Robin ever to a Batman. So he's been feeling it, and he could go about it a different way. Him and Mike need to sit out. Clearly they don't hang out no more at all. No. And they can't be in the same room together. But somebody, Phil Jackson, you know, Steve Kerr, John Paxson, somebody needs to bring these brothers together and say, hey, this is a joke. Y'all need to stop this. We're too old to be arguing like this. Who knows how many days we have left, God forbid, but this is life we're talking about. Y'all need to squash this because it's bad for not just basketball, but for sports. We need to do it in a series. Let's do that one first, and then we'll follow it up with Michael and Isaiah. We'll just do those back-to-back <laughs> and uh, get, get, get Magic to, to uh, host that second one and whoever will figure out. Maybe Phil Jackson needs to host the first one. I'm good with Michael and Isaiah still being petty at each other. I'm good with that. But you, were, fi- you need Michael and Scotty to fix yes, it. Yes, those guys were okay. teammates. They were friends at one point. Like, come on. There's I some agree. about being a good person. Isaiah Thomas and Michael Jordan, they had battles against one another. The hatred should still be there. Yeah, okay, that's fair. All right, there's where we at in society. We do it every day at 145. If you're just jumping in, three kickoff times have been added to the Longhorn football schedule. Rice is a 2.30 kick, Wyoming is a 7 o'clock kick, and Texas Tech at the end of the year is a 6.30 kick. All those games are at home at DKR. Speaking of the Longhorns, up next we'll talk to Anwar Richardson of OrangeBloods.com. He's in Destin, Florida, covering these SEC meetings and discussions. We'll see what he's hearing about the scheduling stuff and more coming up on The Horn.